0: Human and physical resources have been stretching thin during the pandemic, and resource allocation has had a negative impact on decreasing our focus on medication safety. Fortunately, this is changing as we move through 2022. Welcome to Modern Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Senior Principal of Operations and Quality at Visient, and joining me on this discussion on medication safety is Gretchen Brough. Gretchen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, glad to be here. Love your
0: podcast. Oh, thanks. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do at Vizient?
1: Sure, of course. I'm a pediatric pharmacist by background, and I've been at Vizient a little over six years at this point. I have interest and expertise in many diverse areas, such as medication safety, disaster preparedness and response, as well as rural pharmacy. And right now I work in our Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence, and I have responsibilities for communications, education, and special projects. And I'm also a podcast host here at Vizient over on our partner channel at Verified Rx.
0: And I love your podcast. Thank you. Gretchen, I think I told you this, but I consider pediatrics, but I grew out of it.
1: <laughs> That's a good one.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> Gretchen, so briefly tell us what's the impact of medication errors on healthcare? I mean, there's the obvious, but I think there's other areas that get damaged as well.
1: Yes, you're right. They can have a huge impact on patients and families. Also, the healthcare providers involved and even on the healthcare systems, we know that some errors do in fact reach the patient. Others, thankfully, do not. When errors do reach the patient, they may cause harm, they may not. And unfortunately, some errors are fatal. So there's really a wide spectrum of how patients can be impacted. There can also be an impact on the healthcare providers to consider. We continue to learn more about the concept of a second victim, meaning the healthcare professional involved, and really the lasting effects on these folks when these errors occur. And then finally, from a system perspective, we know that our health systems really want the best outcomes for their patients, and medication errors can interfere with that. Add on the financial and reputational impacts, and you can really start to see why we want to do our best to mitigate and prevent those errors whenever possible.
0: That makes sense to me, but what are some of the major causes behind medication error?
1: No, that's a great question. And in general, medication errors occur because of system issues. We know human beings are fallible, right? We invariably all make mistakes. It's bound to happen. So our job within healthcare is to add those safety layers to the system so that if and when an error does occur, it's caught before it reaches the patient and causes any harm. And that layering effect is called the Swiss cheese model. So really, with very limited exceptions, these errors are not intentional acts. They're really failures of the system.
0: Also through our new partners, through Safe and Reliable, we have some great data that shows that there's higher mortality rates among organizations that have higher burnout rates among their providers and all clinicians, and also in organizations that have a low environment of safety, there's higher mortality rates. So I think with many of the cases that occurred after the pandemic, I'm sure it's adding to the equation here. Really great points. So Gretchen, what is some of the current landscape in medication safety then?
1: Well, much like the airline industry, we strive for the target of zero harm from errors. And we know we aren't there yet. So there are still significant gaps to address. Really, every day, healthcare delivery becomes more and more complex, and that does include medications. We have new drugs, novel vaccines, we have expansion of indications, new technologies come around, and more complex systems. And all of these can contribute to the potential system failures that we talked about earlier. So we have to constantly anticipate these issues and be building those safeguards into our daily work. And while we have a lot of organizations and individuals focused on and dedicated to this issue, There's still plenty of work to do. You
0: know, I can think of myself on many occasions when I'm in a hurry and I accidentally may have clicked on a wrong drug. Fortunately, I caught it, but it was very revealing to me how quickly that can happen and also with very similar sounding medications as well. I could definitely see where this could be an issue.
1: We've all made those mistakes.
0: Gretchen, what are some of the progress we've had or we've seen over the last few years?
1: Yes. Well, we've come a long way in recent decades. I think one of the biggest successes that we've seen is shifting away from a punitive or punishment culture. And really, this was no easy task. Social science will tell us that if you punish people for making mistakes, they're really a lot more likely to hide them. And this is exactly the opposite of what we want for medication safety. Right we want reporting of the errors, we want reporting of potential errors, and we want reporting of even unsafe practices because the more we know about how the system is allowing these things to happen, again, allowing things to get through the holes of that Swiss cheese layer, the more information we have to be able to implement those system fixes. So in terms of progress, much of this work has been led by many wonderful organizations and individuals and initiatives over the years, some of which include like the Institute for Safe Medication Practices or ISMP. Another organization to mention is the Institute for Healthcare Improvement or IHI. And then lastly, I'd point out the 1999 pivotal report to Air is Human, Building Mm -hmm. a Safer Health System, which came to us from the Institute of Medicine. Uh, And this report was instrumental in raising awareness of the impact of medical errors in general. And it's still referred to. Other areas of progress we've seen fall into leveraging technology to prevent medication errors. And we've also made a lot of progress identifying the impact of medication errors, again, on that second victim or healthcare providers involved in the error and work towards coming up with strategies to address their needs as well.
0: Any thoughts with the use of standing orders or order sets?
1: Any amount of standardization you can do is important in being able to, again, add that safety layer to be able to protect errant things from occurring and reaching the patient. So I agree with you. Those are great approaches.
0: How about in reference to as our population gets older and sicker, I believe we're going to have to be more conscientious about dose modifications. Is that fall under medication errors?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you're using a dose for a healthy 30-year-old with great renal function and a 89-year-old with a creatinine clearance of 29 or something like that, and it's highly renally eliminated, that I would consider that a medication error. And you've hit on something that is near and dear to my heart, which is the involvement of pharmacists in patient care. And I think having pharmacists involved at all levels of the medication use process is an important piece in mitigating that risk and making sure that errors do not reach the patient and that harm does not occur.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more about the partnership among all clinicians or all providers with their pharmacy colleagues. It's key to patient safety, but also efficiency and decreasing cost. Agree. So we spoke about also the effects of burnout and not having an environment of safety causing higher errors of mortality. I can certainly correlate that with errors of any kind occurring, but what else has the pandemic caused in reference to impacting medication errors?
1: Wow, you know, really where to begin? There have been so many challenges as a result of the pandemic. As we've mentioned, staffing shortages have been seen at nearly every level of our organizations. There was a report put out by Forrester at the end of last year that predicted workforce shortages would influence the rate of medication errors. And I think that's intuitive, right? If you have staff who are stretched and stressed with high turnover rates, we really start again to get concerned about the human factors piece of this. And really talking about staff turnover, there was a recent study performed by one of the EHR vendors that demonstrated median nursing tenure fell by almost 20 percent over the 12 months preceding March of this year. So what that means is that the nursing staff caring for patients may have fewer years at the organization, and this can lead to loss of that historic or institutional knowledge. We can potentially see this with the use of agency staff as well. The pandemic also presented some unique challenges with patient disposition. For example, at the early peak of ICU utilization, some organizations were using their pediatric beds to care for adult patients. And again, there's some intrinsic challenges there with staff that may not be accustomed to caring for adults. And then finally, and in general, I think there's a sense in the industry, like you alluded to in your intro, that during the pandemic, our focus has been on managing the pandemic. And perhaps we've taken our eye off the safety ball a little bit. So almost three years into the COVID-19 pandemic now, we have more experience and perhaps we're able to share more of our attention with other critical issues like medication safety.
0: Gretchen, great discussion and we'll continue in our next episode. And to our listeners, you can contact Gretchen at her email address in the resource section of our podcast page. If you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email at modernpracticepodcast.com. We posted a link in our research section as well. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Dulanueva. Thank you so much for listening.